rest of you, turn to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. I've also started putting the, some of the scriptures that I'll preach on on the back of your bulletin if you didn't bring your Bible with you or if it's a different translation you want to read along in the translation I use. You can find this, this verse and a few others that we probably will get to today just so you can have them and know where they are to look at for yourself. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. We're just going to look at the second half of, of that chapter and talk about that today. <coughs> Isaiah chapter 53, verse 2. A little bit of context is, is, is probably helpful to us here in this passage. At the end of Isaiah 52, we begin to see a passage that is often referred to as a passage of the suffering servant. And as we begin to read those words at the end of Isaiah 52 and on into Isaiah 53, it seems pretty clear that this is speaking of Jesus. The language that's used and the things that occur to Jesus in the New Testament, we see that this passage is speaking of Jesus. Now, that's usually, that's usually not debated, although some in the Jewish community would debate that. Uh, the Jewish folks sometimes uh, will skip over Isaiah 53, not pay as much attention to it, but it seems pretty clear. It's hard to argue that Isaiah 52 and 53 are not pointing us forward to the Savior that is coming, to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ. And we will look at a little bit of Isaiah and those that passage today. We won't break it all down, but I would encourage you to to flip to the end of Isaiah 52 and and read on through Isaiah 53 in the context. But we're going to kind of pluck out one little part of that. And talk about that today. So let's read Isaiah 53 too, then we'll pray. He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. Now listen at this, this part here. Here's what we're going to look at today. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him. No appearance that we should desire him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your word. And I pray God that you would help us to to, to hear you today. God, help us not to be distracted. God, there are things on our mind. I'm sure that we all probably have some stuff that, we, that we're thinking about, that we're worried about, that we're looking forward to, things that just are part of life, dear Lord. But, but I pray that your Holy Spirit and your power would help our minds to be clear today for a few minutes. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, dear Lord, that you would keep me humble, that you would help me not to be afraid, dear Lord but that I would trust in you and that you'd give me the words to say. Let, it, let your words speak to each one of us here today. God, let us not miss Jesus in our life because that is what we need more than anything else. So God, don't let us be those who miss Jesus because we're looking for something other than, than what we see, what we hear, but that we see Jesus for who he is, dear Lord, and that we trust him. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If I were to ask each of you what you're looking for in life, I would probably get a variety of answers. And it probably changes for us as we, as we go through life, right? I mean, as we're younger, especially as a children, you say, hey, what are some things that you want in life? Well, you, you're probably going to get a list of some toys or some video games. Like, these are the things that we want. These are the things that we're looking for in life, right? But, but as we get older... 
the things that we realize are important and the things that we desire and the things that we look for in life, it changes for us. As we become an adult, it begins to change a little bit. As we have children, it begins to change a little bit. As, as we age and we see the things of the world and the way the world works, it, it kind of changes what we, what we look for in life. Now, here's a good example of that. Christmas is right around the corner. Now, a lot of times it's not uncommon to hear people that are older, especially, especially people with children and grandchildren, to say, hey, what do you want for Christmas? What can I get you for Christmas? And they'll say something like this. They'll say, I, want, I just want everybody to be together, and I want everybody to be healthy. That's, that's what I want more than anything. Now, if you tell a kid that, they may say, what in the world? Like if I heard an old person say that when I was young, I would say, well, you must want that because you don't realize that the G.I. Joe General Mobile Command Center is sitting on the toy shelf at Walmart. Like how could you want people to be healthy and just get together when there is, a, there is, a, there is an aisle full of good toys, right? And so, so as we're younger, and even as young adults, like, like there are things that we want and there are things that we desire, but, but life has a way as we get older of kind of changing what's important to us, right? You know, we see death. We just had a funeral here yesterday, and, and death really has a way of, of kind of bringing things into perspective of what really matters. And so when we're, when we're young, there are things that we want and there are things that we desire, but as we get older, we realize that those things are not really that important. And pretty soon you get to an age where you say, you know what, what I want more than anything in this life it's for my kids to be okay and my grandkids to be okay. I don't care so much about the stuff and the things. By the time you get older, you realize those things aren't important. They don't really matter to you. And as we go through life, we, we begin to see what we really want more than anything. And, and there are a few things that I think that if we are honest with ourselves, that there are a few things that we really all want, even if maybe you haven't realized it yet. What we really all desire are things like peace and love. Those are the types of things that we really desire. We, we desire protection and we desire security. Like Those are the things that we really want. And the things that we really desire are things that are only provided through Jesus Christ. We see plenty of those things described for us in Scripture. We want peace. You hear Miss America, it used to always be kind of a joke, and maybe they say it. I don't know. I've never watched Miss America pageants. But oftentimes they would ask the, the lady, hey, what do you want? And the answer is world peace, right? Now we kind of laugh and joke about that, but, but, but in reality we do want peace in our life. We don't, hopefully, we don't want drama. We don't want conflict, right? We do want peace. We want to be at peace with those around us. We want, we want peace for our family. We don't want anybody to be in trouble. We, we want peace from all of the stresses and the worries of this world that, that kind of get us burdened down. But there's only one source where that peace comes from, and that's Jesus Christ. And John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Now Jesus, of course, is the one speaking these words here. He knows that we're going to face the struggles and the stresses and all the things that come along with life. He knows that, man, there's chaos in the stress and in the struggle, right? 
But what does he say? He says, peace I leave with you. Jesus came to bring peace. He accomplished the ability to give us that peace through his death and resurrection. And, and what beautiful words that Jesus gives to us today. If you're looking for peace, there is no one else or nothing else that can give it to you other than Jesus Christ. How many in here today would say, man, I'm tired of being afraid and I'm tired of the stress and the trouble of this world? Well, good news. Jesus says, do not be afraid, do not be troubled, because I came to give you peace. That's good. That's good for us to remember that. Because that's one thing that we really desire. And we still may have our list of, we want the fancy house, we want the sports car, we want the cool clothes, we want these. We may still have some of those worldly things that, that we desire, but Jesus gives us peace that nothing in the world can. Jesus doesn't give to us as the world gives. He gives to us better than the world gives. We want love. Hopefully we want love. And the only place that we can find true love is in Jesus Christ. John 15 verse 13 says, No one has greater love than this than someone would lay down his life for his friends. That's what love is. Love is not selfish. Love doesn't care about about you more than you care about somebody else. But if you love somebody, you care more about them than you do about yourself. And there is no greater example of what true love is than Jesus Christ, one who would sacrifice himself, one who would give all that he had for you, for me. That's, that's the kind of love that we seek, right? I mean, that's what we want is somebody that loves us, somebody that we can love back and give that same love to. That should be the type of thing that we're looking for in a husband and in a wife, that type of love, those type of relationships that we see of those who are around us, that we are willing to love others more than we love ourselves. Sometimes we probably all wish we could find a little rest in the chaos. Perhaps we try to find rest in many ways in this world, but there is only rest in Jesus Christ. At least only the, the real rest that we need. Now you can take a nap in the afternoon. Some of you will do it today. Praise the Lord. That's good. We need that kind of rest too sometimes. But man, the kind of rest that we really need is rest for our soul. As David says in the psalm, he restoreth my soul. And that's good. That's a good part of that psalm, right? Because our, our souls need to be restored. Our souls are weary. Our bodies are weary. And we need a rest that's more than a nap can give us. Now, nap is a good place to start sometimes. Don't get me wrong. But we need something a little more than that. And that comes through Jesus. In Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's a good verse. Man, there's a few verses that you probably need to mark and you need to remember, and that is one of them because we are a tired people. This is nothing new under the sun, by the way. People have always been tired for years, and this generation continues on with all the work that we do and all the busyness that we do and all the, the struggles that we have. We are a tired people. Our sin wears us out. Our physical activity wears us out. All of our worries and our struggles and our pains and our families and our jobs wear us out. And there is no better place to be than resting in the Lord. 
to just take a minute and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I am tired. To just sit for a moment and turn the, turn the TV off and the radio off. To just sit for a moment in the presence of God, that is a good thing. We may not do that as much as we should. I don't. It really amazes me because when I, when I do that, when I say I'm going to take 5, 10, 15 minutes and I, to just sit and praise the Lord, do you know, man, I feel so good after that. But then I get busy and I get tired and I don't take time to do it. And then all of a sudden I get to a point where it's like, man, I can't go anymore like Elijah we talked about a few weeks ago. And, and then we go to the Lord and there we find rest, the rest that we've been looking for. These are the things that we, really, that we really want, that we really need. And we may have our list of materialistic things, but, but we need peace and we need love and we need rest. And Jesus is the only one to give us those things. He's the only one who can give you what you really need and what you really desire. We need strength, right? I think about the funeral service we had yesterday. Man, funerals are tough. It does not matter how many you go through. They are always tough. When we lose people, it is tough. When we lose people, we, we say, man, how can I go on? How can I make it, right? Because when it's somebody that's really close to us, we just, we're weak. How are we going to make it? We go through our, our, our tough jobs that just one thing after another, and we say, man, I, don't, I can't go on. How am I going to be able to do this? Troubles that, that arise in our family, whatever it may be, there are times that it's like there are things that are before us that are too hard. I am too weak. I cannot make it. I cannot keep going apart from the strength of the Lord. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, I am able to do all things through him, that is Jesus, who strengthens me. We need strength in this world. Without strength, we are not going to make it through this world. Without the strength that only comes through Jesus Christ, how can we make it? There are many in this world who can't make it. There are some perhaps in this church today and you are not making it. Because you're saying, how can I keep going? I'm too weak to keep going. I cannot do it anymore. You can do it through the strength of the Lord. These are the types of things that we really need. And probably if we really sit down and thought about it, this is probably kind of what our list would look like, right? We want peace. We want love. We want strength. These are the things that we want in our life. And we can only find them in Jesus Christ. So the question is, if you don't know Jesus Christ, why haven't you found these things. Why haven't you found Jesus Christ? Some would say, I don't, I don't need religion. I don't need Jesus Christ. That's just, a, that's just a crutch for people who are weak. And to that I might would say, I agree with you. In some sense, it is a crutch for us who is weak. I don't know if I'd call it a crutch. I'd call it, I'd call it strength. Some would say, you are foolish in your weakness to seek such a thing. Really? Is it foolish to seek strength in your time of weakness? Or is it foolish to say, in my time of weakness, I'm going to make it through on my own? Which one is more foolish? And some people say, I'm, I, don't, I don't need Jesus in my life. I'm not weak. But we are. We may not all know what our weaknesses are. You may say, oh, I can make it through anything. Oh, watch out. 
There's something coming in your life you cannot make it through. If you hadn't experienced yet, you will. But I suspect that everybody in here has gotten to some point, whether it was when you were young or when you were older, that you got to a point that you never thought you'd get to where you said, I don't know if I can make it through this. And where do we turn in those times? Well, we may turn to drugs, we may turn to alcohol, we may turn to our money, we may turn to our hobbies. But those things only give us momentary satisfaction. They don't really give us the strength that we need to keep going because that only comes through Jesus Christ. So why do many reject Jesus Christ? If these are the things that we need and only Jesus Christ can give us these things, then why do so many people reject Jesus Christ? It's because many people are looking for a Savior that looks different than Jesus. The Savior that many people want is not the Savior that they, that they need. You see, when we, when we look at Jesus in the Scripture, the people that were there in Jesus' day, they were looking forward to a Savior. They were looking for one who looked the part. This Messiah who was going to come, he was going to look like a king, right? He was going to act like a king. He was going to have power, and he was going to have authority, and he was going to look just like they thought he was going to look. But then Jesus came onto the scene and Jesus didn't look or act anything like they thought he was going to look or act. They had this view, they had this image of who Jesus was, but really they missed who Jesus was. And even though they saw him, they missed him because they were looking for something that was not what Jesus looked like. And what about us today? What, what do we think Jesus looks like? Who do we think Jesus is. I mean, if you were going to give a description of Jesus today, what would Jesus look like to you? Would he be tall and handsome? Would he be smart? How would he dress? Would he dress well? Would he dress normal? Would he dress in kind of some <coughs> lowly rags? How would he speak? How much grace would he have? Would he come in and overturn the tables in here? Crack the whip? I mean, what, what do we think Jesus looks like? You know, we have, this, we have this, this image of Jesus, some of us, of what we think Jesus is like and who we think Jesus is and what we think Jesus should be. But is that who the Jesus of the Bible is? And so many times people come up with this view of who they think Jesus is and Jesus doesn't, doesn't meet their view and they don't listen to Jesus. I'm curious as to what Jesus would look like if he was in our world today. I'm curious as to whether we would listen to him if he were to come here and preach to us. Now, many probably would think Jesus would be a middle-aged white guy in a suit and tie and come and preach. But perhaps not. Perhaps Jesus would look more like the homeless man I saw on the street the other day. Short and skinny with a scraggly beard. Would we let him into our church? Probably not. And here we see in this passage we started with in Isaiah 53 too, a description of Jesus. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. 
by all accounts, Jesus was probably a normal-looking guy. There was nothing impressive about him, at least not to the eye, and to many nothing impressive about him with the actions that he, that he performed. And many people missed Jesus. And it's sad that many people are missing Jesus today because he's not the Jesus that they are expecting. But in some sense, the Jesus that we have is maybe far better than the Jesus that we want because Jesus didn't come in ruling with an iron fist. He didn't come in as some fancy religious guy who dressed nice and looked the part and did all the things that were expected. Instead, he did things that were, that were far better. He was humble. Jesus was one who, perhaps by some accounts, was a young man, 30 years old. The scripture says that Jesus was when he began his ministry. And here this young man comes onto the scene, and he begins to preach and teach in a way that's not like anything that anyone has done before him. And many didn't listen to what Jesus had to say. They were looking for a Savior who had all power, which Jesus did, but the way that Jesus used his power is pretty remarkable. As we see in the Scriptures, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8 says, Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his ex external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. What a remarkable, what a remarkable thing that Jesus did. He had all the power in the world. And how did he choose to use that power? He could have called fire from heaven. He could have done anything that he had wanted to do. But in all the power that Jesus had, he chose to exercise his power through humility. Well, thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord that he didn't come with an iron fist bringing fireballs out of heaven because we would have been those who would have been consumed by those fireballs. Many people miss Jesus because he wasn't who they thought he was. Now, I don't know who you think Jesus is today. I don't know what Jesus looked like, and it really doesn't matter what Jesus looked like. It does not matter what Jesus dressed like. It did not matter what his accent sounded like. It did not matter what his education level was. I don't know what you think of Jesus or who you think Jesus is or who you think Jesus was in those days, but Jesus is peace. Jesus is love, Jesus is strength, and Jesus is rest. That is who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God who came to give his life on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And Jesus may not look like what you think he would look like or act like what you think he would act like. And many people missed him. But don't miss who Jesus really was in the scriptures. Don't miss who Jesus really was. Because it's only through Jesus that we can receive the things that we really need more than anything. He can give us our greatest desires. 
He can give us the peace that we need and the rest that we need. And we come here today, and there's no doubt in my mind that every one of us need those things in our life. Maybe your life is pretty good. Maybe it's not too stressful now, or maybe your life is very hectic. But I'll tell you today, Jesus is the Savior that we need. He may not be the Savior that the people of his day wanted, but he is the Savior that they needed, and he is the Savior that you and I need today. Let us not miss Jesus. Let us see who he is through Scripture. Let us know who he is, and let us put our faith in him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today, and we thank you for your words. God, we thank you for Jesus being that suffering servant and giving all that, that he had and all that he was, dear Lord, even though maybe he didn't look the part of what we think the King of Kings should look like. Dear Lord, certainly many of Jesus' day didn't think he looked like much. But dear Lord, we thank you for his heart, for his humility. God, it's not how Jesus looked that makes a difference. It's how he loved that made the difference, God. So dear Lord, I pray that if there are some in this room that do not know the love of Jesus Christ, that today that they would experience that love. God, today there are some here that are in the midst of turmoil and chaos in their life. God, I pray that they would come to Jesus to find peace. Dear Lord, there are some here today who are really tired. Their soul is weary and burdened. And God, I pray that you would give them rest through Jesus Christ. There are some here today that maybe they are saying, I don't know how I can go any further. They may be at the end of their road, dear Lord, and think they are too weak to carry on. God, may they find the strength of Jesus Christ today. God, I pray that you can help us all to realize the things that matter. God, that we would desire better things, that we would desire to be like Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, that we would not think too highly of ourselves, but that we would follow that example of Jesus, who even though he had full power, dear Lord, he exercised full restraint. God, let us be so humble. Let us strive to be like Jesus and to live like Jesus in all that we do. God, that we would consider others as more important than ourselves. God, I pray that there are some in this room, maybe they have missed Jesus their whole life. Maybe there are things about the Bible they don't understand or questions they have or doubts that they have, but God, maybe today for the first time they know who Jesus is. And that's where we start, dear Lord, with Jesus. God, we start with Jesus. We seek him. We know that he is the one who gave his life to forgive us. So God, I pray that if there are any that don't know him today, they'd put their faith in him. That the day that you'd work through their heart, God, whatever questions or things they don't understand of the Bible, I pray that they would know the truth of Jesus Christ. That they would not leave here without knowing him. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.